0: Welcome to Tales from Baja. I'm your host Dominic with my co-host and wife Adriana Hola. and we are here in Rosarito today um, and we have a, a real special guest. We are here at Ollie's Brick Oven Pizza in Rosarito right next to Las Gaviotas with the owner Richard. How are you Richard? I am well thank you and you? Uh, we are doing fine. It's, uh, it's always a good day when we get to travel down to Baja so thanks for having us my pleasure so we met Richard about a month ago I want to say it was Memorial weekend we came in to eat we were craving some pizza and we struck up a conversation with Richard and we thought gosh I think you'd be a really great guest on the podcast
1: yeah I, I really love your story um, and and other I mean aside from the fact that the pizza was everything that we imagined um, I really love your story, and I think we're going to try to get into a little bit of that. Um, So I guess we'll start off by asking you a question, which is, where are you from?
2: I'm originally from Middletown, New York, in the foothills of the Catskill Mountains, about 80 miles northwest of Manhattan.
1: Okay. And why did you decide to move to Mexico?
2: Uh, I retired from the mortgage banking business after 35 years. And I was living in Phoenix for the last 20 years of my banking career. And I decided it was too hot. So one of the reasons I can't that, imagine. <laughs> one of the reasons I, I moved here was for the weather. And the secondary reason was it afforded me the opportunity to uh, purchase a condominium on the Pacific Ocean that I most likely couldn't afford mm. yes. in other places. Yes. So that combination brought me here.
1: Great, great. I think that that's that's the that the, we we'd like to do the same someday. But We're yes. going to follow in your footsteps, yes. hopefully. When
0: uh, when did you uh, move down to Baja? In 2008.
2: 2008. I've been I, I've been here 10 years now.
1: Okay. And my question um, before we start into the the best part of the conversation, which is an American moving to Baja and opening up a pizzeria, which is the exciting part. Um, why did you choose Baja, of, of all the places in Mexico, Um I know, I know you said the weather. Uh, had you been here before?
2: I had never been to Baja. I had been to other places in Mexico, all by air. Mm-hmm. So I'd been to Cancun and Cabo and Mexico City and Acapulco and those kinds of places. Living in Phoenix, everybody goes to Mexico, but they go to the other side, to Puerto okay. I In the 20 years I lived in Phoenix, I never went. And my theory was it's just as hot there as it is in Phoenix. And the <laughs> only difference is that there's water. So the first venture I ever had in this area was one day I woke up and I just put my dog in the car and drove over here. Nice. And I didn't leave that's it. I did not go anywhere else. I just came here. I wound up renting a place for a couple of months uh, and enjoying myself looking around. And I decided, okay. And before I left, I bought a condominium and I went back to Phoenix and packed up and moved.
1: Oh, that's the dream. Now tell us the name of your dog.
2: My, the, the dog, the current dog that I have is named Ollie Dose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first dog mm-hmm. was Ali we call him Ali Primero. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2016. Uh, Ollie Dos has been, been with us just for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. He's two years old, but I, he, I, I got him when he was a year old.
1: So the, uh, the restaurant, the pizzeria, was named after Ollie.
0: After Ollie, Ollie, that's correct.
1: Yes, I love that. I love that story.
0: When you moved to Baja, what was it that kept you here?
2: The weather—the the the, uh, antithesis of this area versus the plastic society that I lived in in Phoenix. Uh, People are real here. There's there's not a Starbucks in every corner. There's Mm -hmm. there are very few sidewalks. It's a whole different way of living, Mm -hmm. and much more laid back.
1: Right,
0: great, great. What would you? What would you tell to an individual, a couple that are considering moving to Baja, northern Baja? What what would you tell them?
2: My suggestion would be they would want to come and spend a little bit of time here. It is a cultural shock. It is a shock from -hmm. from the United States because of those things that I mentioned, that you don't have a Starbucks or a convenience store right around the corner. And so it is different. If If you're used to city life... This can be a big shock to you. Uh, the, everything else is the same. What I find in this area is, economically, real estate's a lot cheaper than it is in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, help employ employment, uh, the wage difference is tremendous from here in the United States outside of that taxes are extremely different um, much it, cheaper here okay. than in the United States real estate taxes real not estate. necessarily sales tax the sales tax here is called a value added tax and it's 16% so that's significantly higher than i was used to in Arizona double mm-hmm. the Everything else is, is, is the same. So your groceries are going to cost you pretty much the same. However, if you want to eat as a local eats, and you don't have to go to Ruth's Chris every night, and those kinds of places, this is the place to be. You're going to find that, yes, I can eat, I can eat well, and, but I'm going to have to change my diet to a Mexican kind of diet. And so I'm going to have to have... A lot of chicken. I'm going to have to have a lot of rice. I'm going to, uh, it's going to be different than perhaps I'm used to back home.
1: Mm-hmm. Which leads us to pizza. Oh well, wow. right. <laughs>
0: it's a nice transition. We're actually yeah, well, that, you know,
2: um, What happened to me is <laughs> I got bored in retirement. I, I, I came yes, here I and, uh, and and I got bored. So. And I couldn't find pizza that I liked. (laughs) They have pizza here, but not quite what I was used to. So I decided I needed to learn how to make pizza. So I read a lot of books, and and I had been a a customer of Chris Bianco's Pizza in Phoenix. Chris Bianco, uh, he would recognize me, I I think, if I walked into his restaurant. Uh, But he really doesn't know me from Adam. But I patterned my restaurant after, after his. He, he's won the James Beard Award. Mm-hmm. He's He is a master baker. Uh, people line up for his establishment uh, starting at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. in 110 degree weather, and wait for him to open up around 5. So, uh, And I was a customer of his, and I would watch his operation. And he has a very high-end pizza uh, establishment that only serves probably about seven different pizzas mm-hmm. some wine and some beer and salads that's all the man serves but he's very well known written up the new york times a lot so i got used to that kind of food and i couldn't find that kind of pizza here so once again i decided to read a few books and looked around checked things out i've f- Wound up uh, hiring a consultant to to help me put it together, but it was patterned in a big sense after Chris Bianco's place in Phoenix. Uh, I use the same flower he uses. It's, it comes from Italy. It took me a long time to source that, uh, and I source it I source it through L8, th- and then a gentleman helps me in Chula Vista to bring that product across the border. Uh, the cheese I use is very similar to what Chris uses It comes out of Wisconsin, by a company called Grande. Uh, in food circles, it's very well known. Uh, it's very high end. The consultant I use just loved all that stuff. <laughs> and I, I, I was so naive I didn't know how to set the place up even, so I'm, I'm calling up this, this poor man.
0: Now, sorry for interrupting, but your consultant uh, lives in Baja, lives in Rosario. No,
2: no, no. The way I, I stumbled upon him is trying to source product. I learned, I, I knew what product I wanted, I couldn't find it easily here in Mexico. And I would keep calling up these manufacturers. So. I called up Grande Cheese one day, and I'm trying to find out how I can get Grande Cheese in Rosarito, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they use many distributors, but no, nobody specifically here. So they said, you would have to get it through somebody in California. I would call up the people they told me to call up. No, we don't, we don't bring it to Mexico. No, you'd have to meet, meet our truck in San Diego on a certain hour of a certain day of a week and bring it down, Oh my goodness! on and on and on. And I kept calling back and I get a hold of different people. And one day I got a hold of this gentleman and I'm asking him questions about the pizza business. And he says, you've never been in this business before, have you? I said, no. <laughs> He's, well, I'm going to give you a name of somebody that might be able to help you. And the gentleman' the name was Michael... Uh, warehouse, and he was was in the San Francisco area. So I called Michael up, and Michael, I could hear Saws going in the background. He was in New York City at the time. And he says, I, I'm sorry for the noise. He says, but I'm trying to help somebody open up a pizza place here in Manhattan. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> Funny you should say that.
2: And he that. says, but what questions do you have? And so I'm asking you know, I, how many pots and pans do I need? How many chairs <laughs> do I need? How, what, you know, how, the number of plates do you need in a restaurant? I don't know any of this stuff. So he says, I'll get back with you. And he emailed me, and he sent me a whole list of things. And he sent me a chart on how far the oven should be from the work area. So... The guys cooking the pizza don't kill each other, and all those things that I would never have thought of. Wow! So he was so nice. I kept calling him up, and he would always now I said, "How do you make money?" Yeah. And he says, "Well, well. he says I figure that you will, you, you will get fed up with this and want me to come down there and look things over." And so he, I said, "Well, I'm I'm at that point."
1: Oh, oh
2: And so he came down, and I had already uh, rented the place, and I had had a semblance of a floor plan. And he helped me considerably, and helped me with the oven. I brought the oven in from Italy, wow. uh, and then he came down and helped me build the oven, because we we bought it broke down. Uh, and everybody looks at the oven, and they think it's all those bricks came from, Noel. that's all facade, yeah. the insides. The, the insides of the oven came from Italy.
0: OK. Wow. that's So. Uh- I, I want to just give out the uh, the URL so people can uh, check out your website, find out how to come down to Ollie's. It's olliesbrickovenpizza.com. It's about 40 miles or so south of the San Diego-Tijuana border, right along the coast. You can see it from the uh, frontage road, from the highway, and it's right next to Las Gaviotas, kind of a Famous uh, spot for surfers, and I think it was founded in the 70s, right? That Las Yeah, Gaviertes? I believe
1: it was, I think I read that it was 1974, and it's predominantly an American, uh, uh, but there are a lot of Mexican uh, 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 homeowners. But it's, I think it was originally developed by an American, and um, it's within walking distance, and there are a lot of homes there. Um, do, you, do you see that a lot of Las Gaviotas? Yes, it's a come? big
2: community. I think there's 300 houses oh, right. in, in Las Caviotas, mm-hmm. And um, they're owned by many Americans as well as Mexican citizens. Uh, big rental community. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of second homes and people rent them out. So I would say that maybe in the summertime, especially probably a third of my business comes from the rental community at Los Los Gaviotas. The summertime also brings a lot of uh, Mexican nationals from the Mexicalia, because it's so hot there. Mm. And it's like the Jersey Shore. They come over here, they have second homes, they will a couple of families will go in and rent a big house, and the wife and the kids will stay here for a month, and the guys will will come commute on the weekends. No. So very similar to the East Coast in that regard. Yeah.
0: What do friends and family back on the East Coast think of you living in Northern Baja?
2: They think I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there,
2: but they've probably some of never some, been here. Some of them are jealous, but they come. No, they come and visit. So they come. They come, okay. come the, the, they come and visit, but uh, they, uh, there's a fear factor, especially in 2008 when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some uh, cartel activity that people seemed to be, I've never had any problem, I, I think I, and it sort of went in one ear and out the other and didn't pay any attention. It was also economically a hard time here because of that coupled with what was going on in the United States at the time, so all of that. When I first came here, it was uh, economically very depressed. That has since changed dramatically. Mm
0: -hmm. So so you moved here around 2008. You opened the restaurant what year? Uh,
2: 2011.
0: 2011, okay.
1: Well, you really were bored. Three years of boredom. Right. Three years of boredom. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Right.
2: yeah. So doing, talk- doing absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That's great. The, you've talked a lot about kind of the buildup of working with your consultant, um, getting to 2011 and opening the place. If you could turn back the clock, what would you have done differently as you started the process of opening up Ollie's?
2: I can't think of anything I would have done differently. I, I, I was naive enough. It, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, it's, it's great. You just don't know. Ignorance is bliss. And so you jump into things, and they turned, this turned out very fine. Uh, if, I, if I knew then what I know now, would I have done it? I think I probably would have. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know then what I know. And I have I have learned an awful lot about the restaurant business, obviously, but I've also learned about um, what to do and what not to do with the local community and with the local government. So it's very interesting learning curve. Yeah, I really never had any problems, but I have a better understanding
0: of it. Sure. So you're 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 seven years into this venture. You've been working on it for longer than that. Um, What do you attribute your success to?
2: What a great question that is. Um, consistency. Uh, we, uh, we keep hours that we say we're going to keep. So, so we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. We're always closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. We always open at 4 o'clock on the other days so and we close at 10. And when I first started, we might be sitting here from eight to ten with nobody in here, but I insisted that we stay open till ten. And it is a rare, rare occasion that we ever close early. Very rare. I can't tell you one hundred percent that we've always stayed open till ten. Um, we have the pizza business. The product that we put out, we do consistently. We use the same flour, we use the same cheese. we use the same tomatoes from the day we open. And that means if we throw stuff out, we throw stuff out, we start all over again but with the same product. Mm. We and
0: I love the fact that you, you source your flour from Italy, I mean it's real authentic.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. very good, it's uh, it's the kind of flour, I- they call it 0 uh, and. People come in here and they eat the crust, and I say I never eat crust, but I'm not. I am not. This doesn't fill me up. It's the flour.
0: It's right.
1: You know, I married an Italian who loves pizza. Okay, he loves pizza so much that he tries every pizza. Okay, even if it's not the best, he'll always give all pizzas a chance, and. A lot of the pizzas in San Diego are the very Sicilian style. That's what I call it because it's a very heavy cheese, very heavy cheese. Um, I would I would consider it like a medium crust. I mean, it's not thin crust. But you know, when I when I came here, that was the first thing that I said to Don Dominic. I said I want to eat the whole thing, and we actually I love it because I think we were talking about. The fact that the menu is limited—it's how many pizzas are on the menu?
2: We have about uh, 12 now, which I think is a gigantic
1: number.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chris uncle would just roll over right. <laughs> if he were to ever walk in there. 12 pizzas? What are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't change the menu very often. We occasionally will—we have a couple pizzas that we we keep off the menu on purpose. And they're named after employees. And you have, to, you have to be in the know to order those. Right. To oh, go, yes, okay? so like so a secret a little menu. Bit, right. There's a, there's a, there,
0: now, would you mind uh, <laughs> providing one of those secrets to well, our one listeners? Of the, <laughs> one of the ones
2: that, that the locals like a lot is Raul's Pizza. And Raul's Pizza has no, no red sauce. We, we use a green sauce, a tomatillo-based sauce. It has a, a bite to it. Uh, and it's pepperoni and sausage. Mm. And I say, if you're in the know and you and you come in here, I you order a Raul's pizza. There Raul's you go.
0: Pizza. Well, there you go, listeners. You uh, you have a little tip.
1: Well, the other um, the other part that I love about this story is is that um, you treat your employees very well. I know you would never say that about yourself, but. You name pizzas after them, and the reason why I I assume that you treat them well is because you've had them. They've been with you for a long time. I've
2: been I've been very fortunate. Um, I have a core group of of eight. We our our staffing fluctuates, especially in the summertime and on weekends, and so we have a a full-time group of eight people and I probably have four to five others in the wings who work part time or on call, those, those kinds of, of people. The core group of eight, uh, I think five of them have been with me since day one and the other three have been with me for probably five years. Right. Yeah, that's great. So, so, so they all know what they're doing. Uh, we cross train if somebody is ill. A dishwasher can probably make the pizza oh, Great. because we bring the dishwasher up when we're slow great. okay make some pizzas great. For, the, for us yeah great. and so they learn some skills
1: you can tell you can tell when you come here there's an energy about it um, it's a really comfortable energy everybody has everybody walks uh, well there's the resident Ali Dos, Ali Dos, yes, which, which sits in at 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 the bar. So he's still know? learning. Yes, yes, <laughs> he's made. Yeah, he's <laughs> working his he's way He's not out. drinking.
2: He's not drinking yet <laughs> at the bar. but Soon.
0: Well, I- I'm looking over Richard's shoulder right now, and Ollie Dose is taking a little siesta a little si- <laughs> right now. He's <laughs> good at that. Bar.
2: He's <laughs> very good at that.
1: And what is, what, he's beautiful, what, what, is, what is he, uh, what type of
2: dog? He is a Lagotto Romagnolo. Uh, he's an Italian water dog. They were originally uh, duck hunters dogs in a region of Italy uh, that had a lot of lakes, and over a period of 100 years, those lakes have dried up. And now they're trained to be truffle hunters, mm-hmm. but they have to be trained to be truffle hunters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's hypoallergenic, and that's the main reason I have him because I have terrible allergies. Mm-hmm. And he has hair like you and I have.
1: He's so cute. Yeah, he's a. He is a. He is a quite the looker. <laughs> yes, he's quite the looker. So yeah, no, uh, this is uh, I. I I, I love the pizza. I love the, the whole energy. The fact that we could walk here was, is, is, is great, too.
0: Yeah, I, I want to jump back to uh, your employees for a second. Um, you can tell when you go into a restaurant, this is just my opinion. When I go into a restaurant, uh, half of it for me is experience, and half of it is food. Now, chefs may yell at me for that, but it really means something to me. When I walk into a restaurant, I want it to feel good. I want to feel like I'm welcome. I want there to be a good environment, a good vibe, and your employees do provide that. And I'm sure it's a reflection on you, on what you've, how you've worked with them, and you've kept them, you know, with you for such a long period of time. When we came in a month ago, you said something to us that I was blown away. You said, uh, and I want you to talk about your new business venture and what you did with your employees, because I don't think a lot of um, owners would, uh, would do that? A uh,
2: well, uh, new adventure. <laughs> Maybe it's a seven-year itch. <laughs>
0: okay. Yes.
2: I, uh, in my life, I, I was stationed in Italy when I was in the Army. And I was introduced to uh, Italian food then. And I was introduced to good pizza. And I was introduced to gelato. Mm. And I always thought when I opened... A place here and I said gee I sh- we should serve gelato for dessert well I don't know enough about that and I did st- some reading and it's much more complicated than I ever imagined and you just can't buy an ice cream maker and expect it to come out you know in, in a product that's anywhere as close to what you would get in Italy so I decided this last year, we, we close in January for vacation, and we don't usually close a whole month, but this past year we closed for three weeks. And I decided I was just going to go to Bologna, and I went to uh, Gelato University and spent two weeks in a course to learn more about gelato than I had read. And it is much more difficult, when I say difficult, it's it's scientific, most food is scientific, mm-hmm. but I don't know that (laughs) it's not my background at all and I got the bug and so I I rented space next door to this to where we are for years just to keep it off the market because parking is a premium Mm -hmm. and I said I have this space and it's going to waste so I think I'm going to try something different for this area I'm going to try to do gelato I'm going to try to do it correctly I will source my equipment in Italy. I will source my recipes in Italy. I I have enough knowledge to be dangerous. And we will will work. So that's a work in progress. I anticipate us having it open by the middle of August. Uh, There's still some equipment coming that is on the Atlantic Ocean between Italy and here scheduled to arrive on the 20th of July. My employees know less than I don't know much about it. Employees know less. So I sent them to school in uh, Guadalajara for a three-day course just to get introduced to it. I have hired uh, a gal from Louisiana who is Italian and who has won awards for her Trelato, and she's coming for a week to help us. Uh-huh. But the, the guys who went to Guadalajara they fell in love with the instructor over there who happens to be from Mexico City and so we contacted her and she's going to come up also. So I think we will, we will learn the basics. We, we have to we have to crawl before we can walk, uh, and so we will use a lot of uh, pre-made product, uh, and we will eventually graduate, I hope, or I know, uh, to where we will make most of our own chocolate sauces and most of our own flavors and not use too much packaged product. There's a lot of packaged product that's, that's, that's made in Europe. That you can add to the different bases that you make gelato with. And some of it's very, very good and some's not so good. And everybody I've talked to who makes gelato it uses those products as well as a lot of their homemade. So I'm not at the homemade stage yet. I've been introduced to it. I know enough to be dangerous. So. Oh my gosh. But we'll get there.
1: Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> can you imagine? We, we come to, we, we, we come for Fourth of July. Our family uh, and and other families come to Las Caviotas, and so the day that we tell the kids that there is a uh, gelato,
0: about uh, 100, 200 yards away from their house, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're <laughs> going to have some regular customers on your hands. <laughs> all I'll
2: tell you a little story. When I when I went to open the, pizza, the pizzeria. You have to remember back in 2011 and things were pretty rough down here and all the expats that I had met in the three years that I had been here, they just shook their heads and said, oh, that'll never work. I don't do takeout. I don't do delivery. It's a dining experience. That'll just never work. You're just throwing your money away. And there's only maybe two or three people who were had anything positive to say about me doing it with the gelato place. What, what scares me is I have not had one person say anything negative about it. Everybody's excited about the gelato place.
1: Oh my gosh! So well, we don't I, know I have
0: what, a <laughs> what to my, expect. Well, I think there's a reason why, because you've proven your success here at Ollie's, and so they're expecting mm-hmm. for you to. Well, that, you know, recreate that success. So I think that's probably why. Just well, my I opinion. Up, yeah, I hope that could be. Yeah,
1: I hope I don't let them it. down. i was gonna say I believe in you. I definitely believe in you because you know the whole your whole story is you know uh, great inspiration to a lot of people that. Like me, who eventually I would like to come and retire here, <laughs> hopefully. Mm-hmm. After look, looking over as here, as Adriana Dominic. looks me in the eye. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but but also to be able to to come to a different country and retire and then open up a, a successful business, is um, is something that is um, very inspirational for a lot of people. So I'm really really happy that we were able to come here and the pizza is fantastic. Um, and for any of you who uh, want some dessert, there is a delicious dessert here that is like a cinnamon pizza. Is, it, is that
2: how it is? We do, um, oh. our desserts are, 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 are well known. Uh, we do a Nutella pizza. Mm-hmm. So it's really not a pizza. We take the pizza dough and we make it like a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. And we fill it up with Nutella and put sprinkled sugar on it. And serve that, and we, we call it Ali's treat that was uh, named after Ali Primero. Mm-hmm. and it is it's a hit. It's a it's a, it's a great dessert, and and our other dessert that we make from scratch, we make our own tiramisu, and we are known we are known for that.
0: Well, we are. Yes. <laughs> Adriana's looking at me again because she knows that's my number one dessert. Yep. Masu, I want to try it every place I go. So we, we really appreciate you being on, Richard. It's uh, it's oh, always cool. fun talking to you, and um, I think the listeners pr- really enjoyed your story of moving from Arizona down here to Baja, opening a successful restaurant, with a second successful venture coming soon in August. Ollie'sBrickOvenPizza.com is where you can uh, learn a little more information about Ollie's Brick Oven Pizza. And we'd encourage everybody to come down. We've tried it. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great experience. Um, And we thank you for joining us, Richard.
2: Thank you. Have a good time. Thank you so much. Thank you.